Yesterday, I'm honored to be joined by Miami Heat host, TV host, of course, our reporter, Jason Jackson. Jason, what's going on? John, it's a pleasure to be with you, my man. I know it's been hard for us to get scheduled up, but I'm, I'm glad we're here talking hoops now. Yes, yes. Always a pleasure speaking with you when I get a chance. Um, let's welcome to the NBA panel. Um, your career over 29 years in broadcasting, how has the, how has the ride been? You know, the funny thing about where I find myself now is, you know, I, basketball was the sport in which I excelled the most as a young athlete. Now, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. My, my athletic skills uh, seemed to reach their peak when I was in eighth grade. I was, I was, the, I was the bigger <laughs> kid. I could score a great deal. In ninth grade, everybody grew. I went from power forward to point guard. And in all candor, I loved baseball. I wasn't a very good baseball player, but I loved baseball. Everything about it. The smells, the sounds, the, the camaraderie. Um, I was fast, so uh, speed in baseball can be a, a really cool weapon if utilized well, which all my coaches did. Uh, but I, I knew in high school that a, even – a high college professional experience, I mean, uh, athletic experience wasn't going to be available. And it was really fortunate to figure out that broadcasting sports would probably be my best path. Right. And we, we had an uh, instructional television program at my high school outside of Cincinnati, and I, I just hit the ground running. I mean, I studied radio, television, film in college, first job out of school, was on air at Channel 7 here in Miami, so moved from Ohio to Florida right after graduation, after a year and a half here, up to ESPN. Uh, after finding my voice, which took about a year, uh, I didn't okay. anchor a lot at Channel 7, and so I just wasn't a very good anchor, <laughs> to be honest with you, until okay. I had had some opportunities to get some reps in. <laughs> yes. and, and then, uh, you know, got an opportunity after about a year and a half to uh, host uh, the NBA stuff for the ESPN and and haven't turned, uh, you know, this will be my 26th season of covering the NBA every day. And uh, number wow. 19 with the Heat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Wow. wow. My congratulations on all your previous success. All of it, bro. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yes. As you're alluding back to what you just said, reps. I used to beat myself up all the time when I was on air and I made a mistake. I was like, hold up. We're still learning. It's going to take time. So now I'm a little easier on myself. Still learning every day. I love learning yes, from a guest as yourself. I never want to be the smartest one in the room. I see that all the time. <laughs> all the time. I love it. All the time. Um, your time at Fox Sports Florida, Sun Sports, tell us about that experience. You had a great network. Yeah, you know, the great thing is uh, it's the, for us, they're a great partner. So I actually am a full-time employee of the Miami Heat, and uh, our partner, uh, while it's been the same space, it's had a lot of names over the years, right? Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Sunshine Network, Sunshine, uh, Fox Sports, Sun, uh, Bally Sports. I think I hit them all. Okay. Um, but it, it's been a wonderful partnership regardless of uh, the name on the marquee, primarily because of trust, man. Okay. Like, it, it's the core of our group, while there's going to be some changes this year, the core of our group has been together right. uh, for 18 years. 
Wow. Um, and, and a good number of people, our vice president of broadcasting, our senior director, um, Eric Reed himself, all have been with the organization uh, for 20-plus, and in Eric's case, 35 years. Okay. Um, and and that particular longevity doesn't guarantee anything, but it does allow for cohesion. And it right. does create some level of trust and understanding about what people can and um, and have the potential for, can do and have the potential for. And so that it's just been awesome. Um, the one thing for me over the last year uh, is adding radio play-by-play. Right. Um, at the end of last, uh, at, at the beginning of last season, uh, longtime radio play-by-play voice Mike Inglis retired uh, about two weeks before the season started. Okay. And what a blessing to just be around, man! And everybody turned their attention and say, "Hey, is this something you'd like to do?" And then be given enough room to grow. I've never played right. games on a daily basis, and um, it's funny to you know read some people's. Uh, response. Some people have been very kind and uh, patient uh, with me growing in that role uh, as it was happening real time. And then there's other people who are, you know, I call them the uh, the, the Folgers Coffee people. And it means uh, they, they want excellence instantly. They want, guys, they, they guys, want, they, guys. Yeah, they want instant coffee. And it's like, okay, well, I'm either not here for you or you'll enjoy this later. <laughs> so... Um, it's been great to add that uh, to the, the responsibilities on top of hosting uh, pre and post game as well as inside the heat still. So uh, I, this has been a blessing. It's the best job I ever had, and the job came at a time where my career uh, needed a jolt, and I'll always be indebted to the organization for uh, taking a chance and then uh, over the years trusting uh, that I will continue to do the job, if not even growing the job continually, even as we hit uh, upward of 20 years. All right. And your hard work paid off. And timing, um, time, timing is everything. Um, you're at the right mm-hmm. time, the right place. Yes, sir. Hard work, hard work paves the way, always. Um, you're a 20-time Emmy winner. And in 2019, the National Association of Black Journalists awarded you the Sports Journalist of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. How is it seeing your hard work being recognized, your recognition? Well, for some of it, it's just being around, John. I think, you know, <laughs> being around, you know, for 30 years, people go, man, there must be something to that. Um, I, I feel like I've always tried to do two things. Number okay. one, uh, be as fun and entertaining as possible. If we lose the idea that this is entertainment, right. then we don't, then we blow, then we've lost ourselves. We've gotten a little too serious and, and we don't get that this is a diversion for people in their real lives or from their real lives. And um, I, I don't ever lose that perspective. Secondly, this is a passion. Like It's really uh, fun to have a career in sports, particularly professional sports, particularly the NBA. Yeah. And so I keep those two things at the very forefront of my mind, and that does a decent job of, one, it, it rarely ever feeling like work, and right. then secondly, allowing each day slash night to be its own experience, particularly during the regular season because it's so rigorous. Yes. Um, we do not play 162 games like baseball. But unlike baseball, we maneuver from town to town 
every unless we're on a homestand, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but on the road, we bounce from town to town to town uh, after a single game for the most part. It's a new series mode model that we use to play right. consecutive games in a city, which is helpful. But it, that part of it, after about 15 years, can become the weight. So you either have to say to yourself, uh, I'm, I'm embracing the fact that I get to travel the nation and see family and friends and cover right. these baseball games and, and enjoy cuisine and culture from sea to shining sea, or it becomes agony, right? So right. you stave off the agony by realizing all of the things I just mentioned on top of the fact that we cover games for a living. Um, I've been really fortunate in this organization to do really good work and to have it presented for consideration. And I'm super proud um, to have been acknowledged for excellence in broadcasting uh, a few times. And and the reward that you mentioned from the National Association of Black Journalists Sports Task Force was super special um, for so many reasons. Uh, but primarily, um, it, it has historically not been the easiest thing in the world. Right. Uh, for people of color, uh, black men specifically in this case, because that's what I am, um, to find the right footing, to yeah. have the right mentorship, um, to even establish ourselves in this industry at the same level as we exist in society. That's all anybody wants, some level of equity and equality. Right. And so when the organization that's in place to uplift and support uh, black journalists and broadcasters. It's, uh, it's, it's uniquely wonderful to have that tip of the cap. In 2016, you launched the Jack Sands Foundation. Tell us about the great, the, the great foundation you all launched to help others. Yeah, listen, man, I, I was raised by folks that made service uh, super important. It was at the forefront from my parents, John and Evelyn Jackson, uh, in our church, in our community, uh, to, to just give back. To, to If you have some level of success and connections, that those things should be used uh, not just for your own edification but to uplift others. And so for the majority of my tenure as a, as a host and, and reporter and now play-by-play announcer for the Miami Heat, I spent a lot of time hosting other people's events and organizations' right. events and, and our players' events. And I just wanted to impact the things that were important to me as well. All of the things that were being done were super important, uh, but I, I found uh, my voice and, and our organization's marching orders on the, on the micro level really impacting individual people. Right. primarily with, you know, health and welfare and education of young people. Uh, we're really going to focus on the higher education of, of young people of color for the next few years. And so we're really excited about uh, that transition. We've spent the majority of our time existing, uplifting young people who just uh, aged out of the foster care system here okay. in South Florida. And so now we're just going to shift that attention to, young folks who want to get their higher education at the highest level uh, in the nation and find themselves, you know, maybe a little bit short uh, for what we refer to as the full cost of attendance. You, John, can get a scholarship 
right? And that covers your books and, and your classes, and it may even cover uh, where you live. Right. But if you get into Dartmouth and you're from South Florida, imagine what it takes just to get back and forth between breaks uh, right. from an expense standpoint. So we're, we're going to focus ourselves on, on, on closing the gap of the full cost of attendance for elite uh, scholars uh, of color from South Florida. So I'm excited about that new project. Yes, yeah, that's, that's great, man. All, 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 sometimes all someone needs an opportunity and a chance. You never know what they mm. can become. Definitely. Mm. Well, you know what, John, before you move on, the one thing that I've experienced in my time in South Florida, there is a cohesion to this community that is both wonderful and limiting. And I find sometimes that young folks um, that are from South Florida, and I'm not, I can only speak to what I've experienced, which mostly brown and black kids. Right. Um, but it may be an entire South Florida community thing that has to be examined, is that there was some level of fear, number one, right. to be away from the family, because the family was the only place, safe haven uh, for a lot of young folks. And then the next layer of it is just not knowing anything else, not, not having traveled a great deal. Right. And so... What I would not want, what I've seen and heard too many times through just the association with my two sons that are now college age, is that folks rather do the easier thing, even though they had a, maybe a more lucrative college opportunity. And that's not taking anything away from the South Florida institutions of higher education. But we all have to be honest. If a kid gets an opportunity to go to an Ivy League school or a baby Ivy, those are life-changing experiences that yeah. you just don't get at other universities. I didn't get that at Bowling Green, but I loved my experience at Bowling Green. But Bowling Green is not Harvard or Yale, and we all right. know that. So I think we can say that across the board, um, that there's some magic that comes from those eight institutions that just is unique to them. And we want to just make sure kids um, don't shy away from – those experiences because of the of a close-mindedness or a lack of resource. So right. we're hopefully going to be able to impact some students well before they get to that decision-making point and, and realize that they're, they're capable and able. Over your multiple years covering the Miami Heat, you've seen ups and downs, covered title runs. Um, I want you to take us back to your vision and your, your experience of covering the Miami Heat when the big three came through. Like what was what, what was it what was it like when LeBron announced he was coming to Miami? We all know about the <laughs> they was on stage, LeBron not one, not two. Sure. Um Pat Riley in the stands. I mean, what was it what was it like for you and the fans there at that time? Specifically on that, that night of the announcement or, or over the uh, overall. Overall. Yeah. yeah. So I so I missed the semi truck. Uh, parade and announcement of the arrival of Shaquille. I was hired for that first season after his arrival, 2004-2005, but I wasn't on staff until October of that year. Right. You know, that went down in July of 04. Right. And so the cool thing for me was, oh, wait, I missed that big party on the steps in 04. And, and after winning the title in 06, that was awesome, of course. Right. And there's this once you win, it's awesome, John, as you know, but you then develop an addiction 
Like you want to right. feel that juice as much as possible, and it's just really hard. Right. And so after six years of missing that mark, um, fully and wholly, uh, the organization makes a decision to, to move to this whatever it takes mentality. From right. Dwayne, um, that previous spring, saying that it's tired of going out in the first round, right. um, to the culmination of, of the signing of the three and building what eventually became a two-time back-to-back championship team after four trips to the finals. It, I, I liken it to being a part of an iconic rock and roll band. Right, we used to throw out the 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 moniker the the Heatles. Yes, um, and I and I oftentimes refer to it like if I was on uh, at the height of their stadium concert runs, like being a roadie for the Rolling Stones, you know, like or, or a part of the Victory Tour with the Jacksons. Right, like that's that yeah. type of hysteria and mania and interest. Uh, and fanfare was all ex- what we experienced during that time. Um, to the overreaction of a slow start, um, to a lockout shortened championship that was confirmed by a more impressive, if there's such a thing, run to the title. Right. Um, and that iconic uh, 2013 NBA Finals with the Spurs. Uh, to even the, what for some was the agony of the, of the dismantling of that team, uh, probably prematurely, but uh, everyone had opportunities to make choices, right? Ray, Ray was ready to be done. and um, LeBron had a free agent decision to make and made his, right. obviously, historically. Um, we all regret, you know, the, the, the leaving of Dwayne, but the return was glorious. And right. what a shame that uh, Chris Bosh's uh, body wouldn't agree with right. how long he wanted to roll. So, it, it, yeah. it had its, it had its wonderful fiery flamey um, height and uh, and what a glorious experience I I don't know I would love it over the next decade or so to have another experience like that but it just would be so challenging to try to recreate all the characters and all of the um, the high stratosphere excellence of, of all of that that was brought together by the Airsons and Coach Riley and Coach Bolster. What, a, what an amazing run. It definitely was. Which brings us to the current roster, led by one Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler is the heart of that team. Over the, over the offseason, you know, you guys lost P.J. Tucker. Who's going to, you, you lost a little toughness. But um, I think you guys are going to be okay in the middle, especially when you have Max Drews coming up. He can step in. I think Ben Metabio has to step up on the defensive end a little bit more to make it for the loss of Jimmy. Um, I'm sorry, to the loss of PJ Tucker. But you guys have a great season ahead of you. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I don't know why there's so much talk about the lack of change. If my memory serves me correctly, I believe that was a game seven in the 47th and one half minute with an opportunity yeah. to go to the finals. Um, you'd rather go to the finals and you'd rather win a championship, but right. you know, two Eastern Conference finals and this, let's call it the Butler era, um, with a, a trip to the finals and um, a continued dedication to try to be better, yeah. like to try to get and be better, even if the personnel 
doesn't change a great deal, is still exciting. Um, to to have a, a season that's probably the least impacted by um, the pandemic uh, over the last four years or right. upcoming. Um, hopefully, Kyle Lowry's uh, life aspects that, that obviously needed his attention last year uh, right. won't pull him away. And um, everybody to a man, regardless of all the discussion around possible deals with other players, uh, have all been doing the diligent work to get themselves ready for the season. I had a great opportunity to call um, the Miami Heat games out at Summer League. Right. And the cool thing about Summer League is not necessarily just the dozen players that are trying to find their way into this league, which we've seen that path work so well for so many on this roster already. Right. Um, but it's also a time to just gather as an organization for the first time um, since your last game. And to be able to see guys come through uh, up and down the roster to uh, not only support the staff and the players that are out there, but also to work on their games right. uh, is the stuff that you, you say, yeah, this is, this is going to be all right. So I, I look forward to, uh, as we tape this about a month before training camp opens and, and seeing how many of the boxes that you just created get checked um, right. by the, by the guys that, that are, that are going to be here. And, and, and at this particular point, it's, it's the same group with a couple of additions uh, from the draft and from two-way deals. But uh, uh, I think this group really likes each other, believes in one another, and at its best is one of the best, not just in the conference, but in the league. Yeah, one thing that he do has over some over most teams that experience together and that toughness that Jimmy Butler so brings, and they are like a family, it's a family unit there. Uh, and a unit that, again, I think the most important thing that believes in what Coach Bolstra is doing to get them to play their best on both ends of the floor, right. um, to adapt and allow for a, a a different approach. This was a an organization that offensive rebounded a great deal. Like shots went up, defense went back. Um, right. So that's an, a change. Um, that that Kyle Lowry risk factor of those kickaheads, you know, right off of um, makes or misses. That's not something that's always been a part of this. Um, defending will always, and Pat Riley's in charge, that's always going to be the leading edge. But the way to do it and really – incorporating over the last half decade um, the zone and changing it up and using it as a weapon, but still being able to stand in and take a hit right. uh, for a charge and change the uh, the flow of the game for the opponent. Um, all those things are still still in place. I, I scoff at the notion that because there wasn't a bunch of change that the heat are diminished. That's a silly notion. Um, I've learned a long, long time ago, even in a business – where some of us uh, feel like it's our role to um, look into the future and predict things before they occur. Right. Uh, I am so glad that my responsibility, my primary responsibility, is to call the games as they as they happen and, right. and enjoy each moment as as they warrant. Yeah, you guys were in the middle of the um, KD rumors before he essentially went away. I think it was a good thing you guys didn't move on KD because it helps your future in the team stay with the chemistry that he had. Because you know, if you would have got KD, you had to ship out some pieces you might not want to ship out. And when he, when he comes, you have to build around what's left. 
and it might not be yeah. the same team. Definitely, would be, definitely wouldn't have been the same chemistry. Definitely wouldn't have been that. It can't be. It can't be, regardless of if you. And that's the thing about any deal with any player, is that are you still able? Like, if, if it doesn't hurt for for one, if it doesn't hurt for both sides, right. then it's probably not a good deal. Right. True. That's number one. <laughs> um, and and if you haven't made your team better, it's sure shit not a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are generational players that are going to make your team better, regardless from a from a from a aesthetic standpoint. Right. But but are you a better team in the sense of are you accomplishing the things the way you want? Um. That's that's the chief concern. And so um, sometimes you've got to draw a line and say this is what we're willing to do and this is um, as far as you're, we're willing to go. I, I'm not privy to those things, and I'm okay with that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not offended that I'm not brought into the inner thinking of, of, of those types of deals. Uh, but, again, um, you want to be in a position that you can trust Right. Will not just make a splash, but make it something that allows you to be better than you were. And each side has to approach it um, in, in that mindset. And and you have to wonder from a Brooklyn standpoint if they could ever feel like. And that's the thing when you're dealing with, you know, top five, top ten players yeah. and moving them around. Man, do you actually ever get your value? Do you really – can you actually ever – truly match unless you're trading one up on one up on on generational great player for a generational great player, which is really hard to do. Definitely. Um, one thing I know is about the Miami Heat is they're willing to win. They never give up. And that gives them the edge every night they take the floor because no team can ever sleep on them and let them fill up the gas no matter how many, how many points they're up because they're going to keep coming. We've seen this, and you've seen this up close many, many times. <laughs> It's you know what it, it that's the way it should be. I think I think you've heard Coach Folstra say this a lot. You got to embrace the competition. Like that's the core of why this matters to people, right? right? Like the, the idea that you want some sort of easy path to it uh, that wouldn't be compelling. That wouldn't fill arenas. That wouldn't get people to turn on the radio and turn on the television or or, or now. Uh, stream it on their phones or, or laptops or iPads. Like, right. you got to work from the assumption Boston's going to be better. Work from the assumption that Philly's going to be better. Work from the assumption right. that even within division, Atlanta and Washington and Orlando and Charlotte are going to be better. Yes. And then deal with the things that obviously are coming from the other conferences they present themselves. Yes, looking forward to the upcoming season, Definitely. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Continued success with the Facts Foundation, with the Jack Stan Foundation. Um, thank you so much for your time. We'll definitely be out in the future trying to get you back on. John, anytime. Give us a holler. Thank you. And let's go here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, that was Miami Heat TV host, Coolside reporter, Jason Jackson. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.